On November 4, 2015, my mother, Alice Pullman, passed from this life into the next at the age of 90. She left a legacy of love and faith, of which I was not fully aware until she was gone. I'm grateful for this opportunity to share a bit of her story with you tonight. Thank you for listening. Henry Nouwen wrote, Saints are people who make the living Christ visible to us in a special way. My mother was one of those people in my life. Alita Henderina Sophia Buckheisen was born on December 7, 1924, in Leiden, the Netherlands. She was the fourth of six children, born to Simon and Hendereintje Buckheisen. She was raised in a religious home, brought up in the tradition of the Dutch Christian Reformed Church. The one person who most impacted my mother's understanding of God was her grandmother, a very tiny but strong and feisty Pentecostal, who was thought to be a bit crazy by the people who knew her. But my mother didn't think she was crazy. My mother would ride her bike over to her grandmother's house and sit with her and listen to her talk about God. She talked about the Bible and read it like it was a real and living book. She, she would, during a thunderstorm, she would say to my mother that God was talking to her. When things seemed difficult or confusing, she would always tell her granddaughter, just walk and talk with Jesus. And things did become very difficult. In 1940, when my mother was only 15 years old and Holland was invaded by Nazi Germany and was occupied for the next five years, during those years, food became scarce and getting ration cards and finding food was a full-time endeavor. My mother's two older brothers became a part of the Dutch underground, and they helped many people, especially Jews, leave Holland and find safety in other countries. Though her family did not hide people in their home, my mother remembered many times that there were extra people at their dinner table. Names were not exchanged to protect everyone, but they shared what they had, and then the visitors would be moved to another part of the underground network. Though the food was simple and had to be stretched, what they had, um, though the food was simple and had to be stretched, my mother remembers that her mother never turned away anyone if they needed a meal, and somehow there was always enough. Those five war years had a very deep impact on my mother. She especially remembered the sounds of the sirens when the Nazi soldiers would come down the street and stop at someone's house, and the next day the whole family would be gone. She had nightmares about those memories. When Holland was liberated in May of 1945, she remembered celebrating as the Allied soldiers came through the streets. One of them reached out and handed her an orange. What a memorable treat that was for her. Mom met my dad, Hendrik Jan Pullman, at a New Year's Eve party in uh, the, the 
the New Year's Eve after the war was over, so that would have been the end of 1945. And it was love at first sight. They were engaged by May, but they had to get on a waiting list for an apartment. Housing was scarce after the war because so many buildings had been destroyed. They waited two years before they finally got a little attic apartment, so they married in 1948. In 1949, they had a little girl, my sister, and in 1950, they immigrated to the United States on a freighter with a one-year-old and a baby on the way. They made their home in Kenosha, Wisconsin, where I was born later that year. My mother and her older sister lived next door to each other as they began their life in America. A few years later, they moved to Kalamazoo, Michigan, and again lived next door to each other where they each raised six children. My mom's faith was very central to her life. She relied on God for everything when life was tough, and putting food on the table was challenging at times. When money was tight, she would take in babysitting. The yard was often filled with children. She would sometimes clean houses for people. She took in ironing, did whatever needed to be done with a grateful and a thankful heart. She got her strength and her perseverance from the Lord and loved taking all of us to church where we filled a whole pew. Every night, she tucked us in with prayers and sang to us the song, Safe in the Arms of Jesus, a legacy that has passed down to our own grandchildren. Our family meals always ended with Dad reading the Bible and with prayer. And Mom also made sure that we knew all the stories in the children's story Bible. She reminded us to be thankful for everything we had and told us stories of hunger during the war. The abundance in American grocery stores never ceased to elicit exclamations of awe and sometimes even bring tears to her eyes, even when she was old. She had a sense of childlike awe and wonder at so many things that we just took for granted. A meal, a week's worth of groceries, a sunset, beautiful trees, the glories of nature, beautiful displays of colorful produce in the grocery store would just overwhelm her. Most of all, she had a deep and uninhibited delight in seeing babies and children. She loved little ones, and they loved her too. I could not take a walk with my mom anywhere without her stopping to talk to little kids and appreciate their beauty and tell their mothers to talk to them about how much Jesus loved them. She would unashamedly ask anyone if they knew Jesus. Somehow her innocence and her cute Dutch accent were very disarming, and no one ever seemed to get mad at her for talking about God. When her six children were mostly raised, she feared that her purpose in life was over, and she asked God, not to put her on the shelf, as she put it. She and my dad became very active in the pro-life movement in the early 70s, and they began to find women who needed help with crisis pregnancies. One by one, women stayed in their home and were loved and cared for and touched by the Lord. 
Mom became mom and grandma and great-grandma to many more than just her own children. As a result, our family includes loved ones who come from the Philippines, Mexico, Dominican Republic, Japan, and Africa. After Dad died in 1991, Mom still had 10-year-old Nikki, an African-American boy who had been left with her when he was a baby, to raise. So she moved to Racine, Wisconsin, near my brother Matt and his wife Sally and their three boys so that they could help her raise him. After Nikki grew up, she didn't want to live alone. So she moved into our home in West Chicago after we returned from Kenya. She lived with us for 10 years. During that time, she volunteered in a nursing home. She crocheted baby blankets for every pregnant lady she knew and even some strangers. She made her famous Dutch butter cookies for everyone who loved and enjoyed them. During those years, I remember walking past her bedroom door at night and hearing her praying for all her children, her grandchildren, her great-grandchildren. She loved talking to Jesus about all of her kids. One of her grandsons, Eric, joined the Army and was deployed to Iraq. During his second deployment, she wrote him a letter, and she sent him a little Bible, the kind she handed out to nursing home residents. Just had the, the Roman road, all the scriptures about salvation. And one day in 2005, Eric called his parents and told them he was reading the little Bible that Grandma had sent him. He said, tell Grandma I read it every day, and I finally get it. Things are getting bad over here, and I don't know if I'm going to make it home. But if anything happens to me, don't worry about me, Mom and Dad. I know where I will be. Later that same week, Eric was killed by an IED in Baghdad. The headlines in the local Milwaukee newspaper read, I know where I will be, and told Eric's story. The loving witness and prayers of his grandmother made a difference in Eric's life and in the lives of all of us who loved him. After 10 years with us, Mom moved into my sister's home in Denver for four years. At the church there, she volunteered in a preschool, read to the children, held them, loved them, wiped their noses. And as her health began to decline, she moved back to Chicago to live with my youngest brother and his wife and was there for two years before needing to be moved to assisted living and then into rehab after a stroke. Even as her mind and her body began to fail, God was still using her, and the presence of the Lord was sensed by all of us who spent time with her. As I sat with her, fed her, spoke with her, and cared for her, she still did much more for me than I could do for her. Just being with her during those few months last year was like being in the presence of Jesus. I became very aware of how much God loved my mother and that his sweet presence was in the room with us. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, Though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Though mom's outward body was fading away, Something inside of her was growing and shining so brightly in her final days.
At one point, she asked me why it was taking so long for the Lord to come get her. I encouraged her to just let him know that she was ready. I also said, when he comes for you, Mom, do you know what he's going to say? She looked at me and waited. I said, he will say, well done, Alice. You have served me well. Then she answered with a shaky voice, but I've done so many things wrong. And I said, but that's not how he sees you, Mom. He sees you as his faithful and beloved one. And that was one of our last conversations. Mom's was a life that was lived walking and talking with Jesus, her most beloved and faithful friend, and given wholly to serving the needs of others and loving them with God's love no matter who they were. Mom was an example to all of us of what God can do with a life that is dedicated to loving him and those he loves. She walked and talked with Jesus, and I can still hear her voice reminding me to always walk and talk with Jesus.